Mark Wright. For those wedded to the machines in their bedrooms, their studios, their best friend's garage or basement. For those who negotiate with the system every day to make time for the music that matters. For those who get in debt to fund the fight against the mundane. For those who stay true to their cause even in the face of income and fame through compromise. For those who feel the power of every beat. For those who keep their minds open. For those who encourage and support those pursuing their personal dream. For those who sacrifice relationships to make sure the music is heard. For those for which the music is a lifetime, not a pastime. This is Bass Agenda 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 Agenda. Agenda. This month, very special show for you. Those of you who follow the show regularly know the format. I usually ask our guests to choose some music that inspired them to start making music. And over the 140 odd shows that I've done, there's a very small number of people that are constantly being chosen as sparking off careers in making electronic music, sparking off a huge amount of passion in people for this kind of music. And one man's name keeps coming up over and over again, and that is Juan Atkins aka the godfather of techno, the man behind Metroplex Records, one of the Belleville Three, alongside Kevin Saunderson and Derek May, all credited with lighting the fuse that led to the explosion of sound that is Detroit techno 
A great honor to have one contribute to the show. He's a man of few words, but he's very kindly shared his thoughts on a few things with us. And we're going to spend two hours listening to his music. We'll check out some of his influences, and I'll do my best to explore just about every genre that he's touched on in his career. Very hard to put into words exactly how important this man is, not just because his early productions and innovations in sound and sound design still stand the test of time, but also because not just being inventive, Juan Atkins has always been able to communicate incredible vibes, incredible amount of soul through his music since day one. Prime example for you coming up next, beautiful track, Ocean to Ocean. Oh, 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 
I'm not going to spend the show talking over every track, telling you what it is. You probably know most of them anyway. Full track list will be available via soundcloud.com slash bassagenda and iTunes at some point over the weekend. Really want to make sure the music breathes this week. Really get into it deep. Coming up any second, you're going to hear from Juan. You'll hear his voice throughout the show. First experience with making music electronically was uh, I'd have to start the uh, conversation like uh, going back to my grandmother once again, who kind of raised us from you know when we were like basically babies, and until um, anyway, that's another story. But uh, my grandmother had this organ, uh, this Hammond B3 organ. And, uh, and I used to play around on this organ, I guess when I was like first grade, second grade, uh, I guess maybe six or seven years old. And uh, when she, she would take me to the, to the music store where she would, where she like would have the, the organ serviced and buy sheet music. And in this mu- music store called Grinnell's, there was a, um, a room where they, they had these keyboards and synthesizers and this was at a time when they like the mini mold and uh, the core ms10 and things like that were just being introduced to the public for public consumption before that before then uh synthesizers were only owned by people like stevie wonder and george duke and you know on the jazz side and you know nobody could really afford you know a, a regular person couldn't afford it but these they introduced this cork ms10 which was a small monophonic synthesizer and also uh the mini mode and uh so eventually uh when, when grandma was in there buying sheet music i um would would play around in this in these in this room and eventually i was able to talk her into buying me a cork ms10 synthesizer and um which uh, I think it was my birthday or Christmas or something we were in there so she got it for me and uh, and I started playing around with the synthesizer and what I loved about the synthesizer is that you can make any a sound any sounds uh, even uh, uh, conventional sounds or sounds that you couldn't even imagine you know spaceship landings and takeoffs and airplanes and waterfalls and anything so uh, I started making making my own tracks because uh, you can make drum kits you know you can use white noise and make kick drums and hi-hats and, and uh, cymbals and snares and things so that was my first foray into electronic music
Like none of you know, most of the people that come out of Detroit, that uh, uh, and even goes back to like Motown, which I, uh, you know, these other you know, Motown was like an institution. It's like an icon, and I think the same thing with Detroit techno, and and uh, it's it, so definitely. I don't I, if it could have happened outside of Detroit, it would have happened.
Coming straight from the basement in Detroit And you're listening to Bass Agenda You suckers, suckers
I don't think I've ever uh, noticed music as being background noise. I think that even in the womb, I was attuned to music. And I think even from birth, it, it's music is it's always been music to me. Um, when I was like maybe in kindergarten, of course I was, my grandmother uh, raised me. So um, I listened to uh, what she was actually providing for us, which was uh, Jackson 5. I think it was like Michael, ABC, Michael when Michael was like five years old. But my the first record that I was able to buy on my own, I went to the store by myself and used my own money was Sly and the Family Stone, Family Affair. And uh, so that, that record uh, actually had a very, very profound effect on me and um, and I actually bought it from the record Motown record store which was on Woodward and uh, in Detroit they had this building and they had a, a record store on the bottom floor
Family Stone there. Thought I'd drop in a Funkadelic track as well, because I know Juan's a big fan. And they played a big part in getting him inspired. One Nation Under a Groove coming up. During that, Juan's going to talk about making some of those classic electro tracks that we all know and love. of your mind was uh this was like one of the one of the first tracks that i've done after you know this i actually co-wrote with uh rick davis and um but this was a beat that i had been working on at home on my own actually most of the music for for the for the early cybertron stuff was mainly me and, and you know um especially for the rhythm section um, so, as uh, far as Alleys of Your Mind, that was actually recorded on a four-track reel-to-reel machine um, in a friend of ours living room, and uh, that was th- that was the thing that kind of stood out 
to me um, about the memories of Abbey's of the Mind, and it was just basically uh, a DR55 rhythm machine and, and me playing bass on top, um, not even sequencing. That was it's funny because a lot of the tracks on the a lot of the uh, the tracks weren't sequenced on that on those early tracks, and uh, that was one that one at least. Anyway, so we'll, we'll stick with that one. I think that was the one that I had the most names clear. You know, I made it in my mother's living living room. Uh, no UFOs. Uh, thing about no UFOs, that was the first time I linked the TR-808 and the TR-909 together. And uh, actually, I got that idea from Derek, from Derek May, who we were experimenting with a lot of equipment at that time. And, uh, that's how I came up with that track.
This is Seldom Seen, and you are listening to Bass Agenda.
deeper in the next few tracks kicking off with the passage one of the questions I asked Juan was if he feels that Detroit and the impact that it's had on music is still understood I don't know. I think so. I think I think that there's there's uh, much because of, basically because of the internet and social media that uh, information is circulating a lot quicker than it than it used to. And and I think the importance of Detroit is is definitely more uh, higher profile now than ever before in history.
Music for me is is uh, like an experience. It's uh, something about the waves, you know, because it's all about vibrations. We are just vibrations. Everything that you see and touch is just a vibration. So music definitely has uh, uh, a value that that can create different moods and different feelings. And uh, and I think. Uh, that that's you know I'm I'm plugged into this to this uh, this vibe so to speak and um, and I think that I was gifted with uh, the ability to create certain tones and patterns of tones that uh, solicit a, a certain mood uh, from people and um, or a certain way of thinking and. Um, as it's changed, uh, the only thing has, has changed really is, is, uh, the technology that's, that's been, uh, developed to, uh, present the ideas and, uh, pre present these, these tones and, you know, uh, which, you know, are, you know, waves are kind of electronic and, and things, um, anyway, so. It's just a natural progression.
getting even deeper now, exploring Wilde's project, Borderland, with Moritz von Oswald, incredibly talented German producer, one half of Basic Channel, beautiful track called Electric Garden, and we're going to stay with this project for a couple more from Borderland Transport, a track called 2600.
sticking with Borderland Transport here, one Atkins and Moritz von Oswald, another gorgeous track called Mercure. Something I was curious about was to see if one could recall the moment when he first realised that his music had an impact on other people. I think the first time I realised that is the first time I played my music for, for someone else. Um, because definitely it was having a... It was inspiring me, and uh, and it had me, um, uh, I guess you could say, very. Um, uh, I, you know, I don't know what the word is, but it was it definitely felt good to me, and and I, it felt so good, and I wanted other people to have that feeling. And as soon as I played uh, tracks, uh, early tracks that I created for people, uh, they definitely. Um, felt it felt the same vibe and as i was able to get my music exposed and on radio most of the people that heard it i guess had the same feeling you plugged in i mean it's just something that i do um you know and, and i love doing it and uh, I, I don't I, I can't put my finger on one particular thing that has kept me grounded or productive it's just something that's just a natural process that I don't even use brain cells to think about keep electro on your agenda at facebook.com slash face agenda back into electro mode now pick up the pace pick up the beats a bit more impossible to fit everything into this show one track we had to play, of course, was Future. Techno revolution. Advanced technology. Enter the computer. Robotic factories. Brand new innovations. Brand new ideas. Thank you. 
This Detroit's filthiest, and you're listening to the number one underground bass agenda.
let's face the fact that money kind of controls how the world makes the world turn basically and uh any anything that uh people uh have interest in, have interest in somebody's going to figure out a way to exploit it and make money from it and uh, and i think that that's what's happened to electronic music um and I, I don't think it's a malicious effort to make people forget about the, about us, about me. Uh, it's just the nature of the beast, basically. And, uh, but I think at the same token that uh, people who, who have a, a true love for music and, um, you know, are, are you know, really uh, dedicated and, and uh, you know, have passion, uh, they know who I am. And that's what counts for me because I feel the same way so you know I think that uh, you know the public as a whole you know um, can see you know what's there for money and what's there for the, the love of music and you know it make their choice you can't be mad at them for the choice they make
Thomas Barnett from Detroit, the Techno City, and you are tuned in to Base Agenda. sales important anymore anymore um i mean record sales are really non-existent i mean vinyl still sells to a certain degree but uh it's nothing that i would base a career on and i think that now artists should should be looking at more performance and and uh visual uh, along with the audio aspect uh of the music and, and presentations uh, to look uh, for making uh, money from music if that's what they want but no I don't think sales are definitely important for you know for the for the art Thank you. 
chose that on Facebook when I asked the question what your favourites were so much going on jazz might be the teacher but that track's a lesson in how to do soulful techno without a doubt one more track coming up in a moment thought we have to end the show hope you've enjoyed the ride just at the end of recording the interview Juan Atkins just had one more thing to add oh yes and by the way look out for the relaunch of Cybertron
Space Agenda. Love and thanks out to Juan Atkins for everything that he's done, still does, and no doubt will still do in the future to inspire generations of electronic music musicians, artists, producers, and DJs, and podcast makers too. Next month, we're staying in Detroit, switching the vibe completely. Got an incredible interview and a lot of great, great music coming up from Adult. Have a great weekend. Cheers. Thank you.